Welcome to the Kevin and Philip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Philip. Philip and I would like to thank our sponsors for this podcast. Our first sponsor is Rustin Leonard at Thrivent Financial. Thrivent helps its members be wise with money by offering guidance on sharing, saving, and spending. Thrivent, a non-for-profit membership organization that serves Christians, has helped its members protect their families and make wise money decisions for more than 100 years. If you're looking for some financial advice, especially in times like this, give Rustin a call at 785-822-0653. We will also post a link on our Facebook page to connect you to Rustin. I also want to mention our other sponsor for this podcast project, Long MacArthur Ford here in Salina, the easy way to buy a car. Go check them out at www.long-macarthur.com, or you can go to our Facebook page to find their website. If you're in the market for a car but don't want to risk going to a car lot quite yet, they also have a great internet department. Welcome to episode number 18 of the Kevin and Philip Project. We, uh, we have a special guest with us here today. Um, Jeff, let's just, I just said we weren't going to do this, but I'll just let you introduce yourself real quick so we can get going. Uh, we're not doing a very good job of social distancing here since we got three people around this crowded table, but, uh, it's 10 or less. <laughs> yeah, I guess we are back to normal now, aren't we? We're back yeah. wide open, wide open in Salina. Like I said, we have a special guest here, Jeff. I'll let you introduce yourself. Uh, Jeff Andrews, and I'm the new superintendent of the Catholic schools in the Salina diocese. So from Hanover, uh, up by the Nebraska border, north of Manhattan, clear out to Colby, Kansas. So about 15 schools total that I'll have. It's interesting, and we'll get into that in a few minutes, but uh, uh, I've known Jeff for quite a while, and uh, um, when this all came out, I guess I didn't realize, and, and from talking to other people that I've had conversations with about your new role, I thought it was just Sacred Heart and St. Mary's, which a lot of people do. They don't realize that there's other schools and, and areas involved in that job. Yeah, so in the past, the superintendent for the Salina Diocese, Dr. Campagnon, he's also the principal at St. Mary's. And so he kind of did it, um, I mean, each of them part-time. And so uh, Bishop Vinke said, um, you know, we'd like to have a full-time superintendent. So Dr. Campion has been working with me, actually have lunch with him here coming up to talk even more and kind of guide me through the process. So we'll have a full-time superintendent for the uh, Catholic schools and so that I'm able to go from, you know, Abilene to Oakley if I need to whenever. Hmm. That's not a fun drive. Your largest <laughs> numbers are in Salina, though, or is there other big schools? Uh, size? TMP in Hayes, the high school's uh, yeah. large. The elementary school there is very, very large as well, Holy Family Elementary. Manhattan Catholic Schools, uh, they have K through 8, and so that's a pretty large population as well. So Plainville has a small grade school. Uh, Tipton, Beloit has a uh, K through 12. So I'll put a lot of miles on the car and hopefully meet a lot of great people. Well, you'll meet a lot of great people in Tipton. Yeah, I'm looking forward to August, August 1st. Wonderful. August 1st, they are having a picnic, and it's that's their right. biggest fundraiser of the year. So and I told the principal there, I said, I will be there. So I, I can't wait. I, I heard it's a great time. It is. And I think they raise enough money that weekend to just about pay for the year's school every year. And they've been doing it for many, many years up there. So great support in that part of the country. Uh, that's exactly what the principal told me. You must have talked yep. to him before. <laughs> before he, came <laughs> he, he said that they will make almost the money it, it costs to keep that school open um, in that weekend. So there's a softball tournament there, I hear, Kevin, that starts on Thursdays. I don't think the nemesis can get in it. but Well, you know what? That's funny you say that. And I don't know if it was this softball. Has this softball tournament gone on for decades? I, Do you know? I think so. I don't know Because for sure, I but. remember well, my parents used to play a lot of slow pitch softball. And I remember when I was a kid going there to a tournament they played in every year. I don't know if it was the same tournament. I can't imagine there's a lot of softball tournaments there. But that was one thing I remember when they used to play softball is going to these little small towns. You used to go to Solomon all the time and playing a big tournament. I think uh, that just sounds is, is this right an for adult, the adult softball. Yes, tournament? this was adult. Okay. Yeah. I think those okay. nemesis dads need to put on those blue shirts and you'll see what we'll you have a lot do. of sprained ankles and torn hamstrings. Well, I guarantee the first time one of us misses a ball in the infield, we're going to have 10 girls yelling at us for sure. So, <laughs> well, speaking of nemesis weekend, so I got to tell a story real quick and neither one of these guys have heard this story yet. I had an interesting situation yesterday. So we were in Wichita for the weekend playing softball for the fourth weekend in a row. I've 
Stayed at the same Hampton Inn. Those people know us by name now. It but, was a uh, little cooler for you this weekend, though, wasn't it? It was. It wasn't near as well, bad to sit out and I, watch a game. I shouldn't admit this, but, uh, you know, Friday, it, the tournament was supposed to start Friday, yep. and it rained quite a bit in Wichita. And so all the Friday games were pushed into Saturday. And we sat uh, down Friday night with zero plans of playing. It was supposed to rain all night, all morning. No way we were playing. So Kelly and I stayed up way too late and drank way too much to have softball Saturday. So it was it was a little rough Saturday <laughs> for sure, but uh, felt better Sunday. Like what is what is way too late for Kevin and Kelly? Well, when you're getting up to go play softball, 1 a.m. was too late. Yeah I, yeah, I would agree. Now, it wasn't just Kevin and Kelly. You probably had some other we, team members' parents. Well, no, we had one you. other team member's parents with us. It was just kind of a neighborhood thing. We were across the street, and and as it typically does when you oh, have you a drink with Paul. No, no, we were, were still, we didn't play okay. till like oh, 2 o'clock. I thought you were in Wichita already. Yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. We didn't play till like 2 o'clock. No, we were across the street, and as it usually does when you go over to Paul's house. Yeah. Jeff, you've been yeah. here before. One turns into... Many more than one. Yeah. So we were going to go for a drink or two, be home didn't at a decent time. Down, didn't that guy say, uh, Blake Shelton, if I'll have one, I'll have 13? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so that I'm, with, I'm in Wichita. We get done with the tournament Sunday, Father's Day, and I've had a craving for P.F. Chang's for weeks. I'm like, I finally get to pick where we get to go eat. We're going to P.F. Chang's. So there's the three of us. The Palmers were in town, neighbor across the street who I was just talking about because their son was playing baseball in Wichita, and they came over and watched the girls play at the end. So they had three, and then one other uh, girl from our team and her parents. So we had nine people total, three parties of three. I walk into P.F. Chang's, and again, state of Kansas, everything's lifted. They still ask you to do the social distancing and respect your space, but everything's lifted. There's no requirements of doing anything at this point. So I walk into P.F. Chang's, I walk up there. This, this restaurant's empty, except for some reason there's people sitting there waiting. But I say, I have a party of nine. She says, the gal at the front desk says, well, we can't serve a party of nine. We can't do parties bigger than six. I said, oh, okay. Well, then I guess I have a party of six and a party of three because there were six of us there at the Seems time. Seems logical The to three me. of us and the three Palmers were there. The, the, our other party were not there yet. So I said, okay, well, we'll just do six and three. They can sit at their own table. Not a big deal. She goes, well, I can't split parties up. I said, well, what do you mean you can't split parties up? She goes, well, you have a party of nine, so now you're splitting up into six and three. I can't split parties up. I said, what, what, what does that have to do with anything? She goes, well, we just can't do that, sir. And I said, okay. Well, then forget my other party of three. I'm just a party of six. No, you already said nine. Oh, my goodness. So I was, said, this, was this a hostess or was this like This was the hostess. From, okay. So this was the hostess. So she says, no, you already said nine, so you have a party of nine, and we can't split a party of nine up into six and three. We can't split parties up. I said, I just just want six here and three over there. It shouldn't be that difficult. So she goes, well, I'm going to call the manager over. I said, that's great. So this guy comes over. He's like, so you have a party of nine? I said, no, I have a party of six. He goes, no, you said nine. I look around. I go, one, two, three, four, five, six. I have a party of six. He's like, you already said nine, sir, so you've got a party of six and you've got a party of three. So the other three aren't even here. I don't have a party of three. I only have a party of six. You can seat them across the restaurant. Put them outside for all I care. I don't care. I have a party of six. Well, we can't seat you because we can't split parties up. I said, you're not splitting my party up. I have a party of six. In the meantime, this old guy, the older guy that's sitting down, in the, he's just laughing at me because this. I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm talking to a, a brick wall. So finally, he goes, they basically told us they weren't going to seat us, is what, what it boiled down to. They don't so, like your kind. So I turned around. I was hangry at the time. I said a couple of things. Because what we probably could have done, if we were talking about this, I probably could have just walked out, turned around, walked back in, and said, hey, I've got a party of six. And they probably would have seated me. I don't know. But at that point, I had called the manager a name because I was really hungry and, and grumpy and um, Well, that might be the dumbest response to it, but it must have been the weekend manager. Oh, it was so bad, man. I'm guessing how you get seated better is not to call the manager a name. No, no. At that point, we weren't going. We were leaving. Yeah, so, you're going somewhere yeah. else. So I just hey, we, on the place I just I said you're an effing idiot as I walked out the door. Yeah, that's too bad. I would have uh, like left, came back with like the glasses with the nose and the uh, mustache, and then <laughs> yeah. just said party of six. Yeah, disguise. Yeah. I don't know how they get how they get it. If I owned a restaurant, which I you like, I told you I grew up in a restaurant. 
you would never turn people away. I can make two tables. No problem. Yo, I can get part, two tables. Yeah, a party of nine. And I already knew of four things I was ordering right out of the gate just because it's been so long since I've been there. I don't even have to look at a menu and I know what I'm going to order. Right. Like, is it is it that good that you're ready to go back? Or was that experience ruin it for oh, you? Oh, no, I'll go back. See, I don't even like P.F. James. Oh, much. I do. I'm not crazy about it. But we, we went to a place this weekend called the Quarter Deck, and it, uh, it had signs everywhere that said groups of six only at tables. And they immediately brought in and seat like nine of us at the mm-hmm. same table. Yeah. No problem. Oh, yeah. And then the people all around us. But now this is in Oklahoma. And I guess they're at the same situation. They've been lifted. They still have the right. signs up. Said no more than 15 people in the pool because there's a pool there at the restaurant. And there were probably 30 kids in the pool. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah well, I think the, the rules are you got, you got the wrong manager. Well, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings Friday night. And there was... Six of us. We thought there was going to be seven. There ended up only being six. They didn't have a problem seating us. What did was, you tell them seven or did you tell them no, six? No, I told them okay. seven. So when I went to Red Robin, though, after P.F. Chang's, we just went across the street to Red Robin. I, for, before I told her how many people I we had, I said, are there any restrictions on group sizes before I tell you how many people I have? And so then I told her and I told her the story and they had a good chuckle out of it. But we went to Buffalo Wild Wings Friday night. We had seven. And the lady says, oh, it's going to be about 20 minutes. Okay. So literally like five minutes later, she's putting a, a table together. And I'm not kidding you, not one, not two, but three people came over to count the chairs. There was eight chairs at the table. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're good. I said, well, we only have seven. No, there's only seven chairs there. Eight. No, oh, that's is eight. Is this in Salina? Yeah, this is in Salina. That, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. Not, not surprised. So, it has changed over yeah. the last six, several months. Well, we've got a couple topics we want to talk to Jeff about um, uh, with, with his expertise here. But before we get into that, there's one thing I want to talk about because we probably won't have another podcast come out before the 4th of July. So um, I want to take a few minutes to talk about Skyfire. And actually, Jeff can join in here um, because he is a, a fellow Ambuck, um, as, as we pretty much talk it's on every... It's mandatory to be a fellow man Ambuck to even be on our show, <laughs> yeah. I think. Well, you either got to be an Ambuck or be from Asher. <laughs> or a big brother, big sister person. Yeah. So, um, so for those of you that don't know out there, uh, the Sky Fire is, is a fireworks show we have here in town on July 4th. And for many years, lo- much longer than even I've been an Ambuck, um, Sky Fire is sponsored by Ambucks. So a lot of people don't know this, especially when they're complaining about the size or the length of the show. But this, this, outside of a small check we get from the city of Salina, this is 100% donations to shoot Skyfire off. 100% donations that we raise to do that. Now, this 100% donations from Ambucks? From, no. We, well, we go or out from and solicit. from the general public? Yeah. Okay, from, you, yeah, okay. yeah, the Ambucks go out and solicit funds, whether it's sponsorships or people just want to give some money for it. But we go out and raise the money for Skyfire. So this year... Something different happened. Well, so this year, you know, with COVID nineteen, they they started asking around for some for some money, and it was not coming in as it normally right. would. We right. had some longtime sponsors that that couldn't help out this year because their business had been shut down. You know, completely understand that stuff. First, it wasn't going to happen. They right. said so they pulled the plug. They pulled the plug on it. It wasn't going to happen this year. And then Ken Guest revitalizes it? He did. So he started a okay. GoFundMe account, started, and and that, I think we got about $6,000 yeah, or yeah. so. T- today it was 6400 so, just so, yeah. before we got yep. here. So uh, as of a week ago, it was right around the $6,000 mark. We had a, a few thousand dollar Boone uh, Vidrickson also did some some soliciting and got some pretty good donations. But we were still well short of where we needed to be to have a good fireworks show this year. Problem was we already had deposits put down because we have to do that well in advance um to secure the not only the fireworks but but the people to do the the show and uh last week we got a check for fifteen thousand dollars from the earl bain foundation to make sure we went ahead and did Skyfire this oh, year wonderful. so that's so over twenty thousand so yep so we'll use some money for next year's as well we got a head start on next year's but uh if you haven't gone to Skyfire lately or you were one that was disappointed on years past because you didn't feel like the show was was long enough or that there was enough fireworks from everything i've been told so far you need to come check this one out when on july 4th when it happens because in the past we've shot about 1300 shells or so for the show i think that's what they said last mm-hmm. year's count was it's gonna be well over 2000 this year okay it's july 4th not july 4th is great life's july 3rd I believe so. 
So there should be two great so, fireworks shows in town. I've that never weekend. been to the I've never been to the Great Life. Oh, one. Great Life does a great yeah. job. Yeah. They put on a big good big show, and it's the grand opening of their new bar, Vandy's, up there. And uh, yep. So and I, I think uh, the music will be timed a little bit different too. It so is. I think that yep. will be right. more with like each boom and pop that goes into the air yep. as opposed to just you and know that, with Skyfire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. They're going to electronically fire it this year, so it will be coordinated to have certain effects at certain points in the music as jeff was saying and things like that so it always before if you've listened to it we always have the same kind of music track they just play along to it for the last 20 some years so this this year should be a pretty good experience we're actually moving it a little farther it would be east of of where it has been shot in the past because um if you've listened to this podcast and we've talked about them building a road across the golf course for a housing development that housing development is starting to now encroach and so we can't shoot where we normally would shoot because it's too close to, the, to where they're starting to build those houses. So you're going to be closer to number three fairway. We're going to actually we're going to the softball fields. Okay, so, so across, you'll be across the street. Yep. Okay. So there's still going to be some good parking up there. If you are a donor, you'll be able to get a VIP pass. Uh, there's there's some paid parking. Sounds like the municipal is going to open up their their parking lot for us, and and that's going to be the prime. Sp- spot to watch so at one point the on city one, wasn't looking... wanting to do it though weren't were they What's i mean that? there was there was a point maybe even a month ago that the city was just almost against doing it at all no. so there's been some minds changed over the last no, month, i, I month think it, the city one of them was we had to find a place to shoot it with those houses being built we had to find yeah. a different which we found that um and and the city's never i don't think they've ever been against it i mean we the only reason it, the plug was going to be pulled was because we couldn't find the money no for money it. okay yep, yep. Okay. So and and the check that the city of Salina gives us is is a small part of that. It's not a bulk of it by any stretch. So what's good is if you can get in that uh, municipal golf course thing, if they do paid parking there, and you'll be looking to the east then. So it'll be dark in the background. I think it'll just be I don't, a, a different experience. And I say right. all that, and I'm going to be gone on July 4th in Missouri. So take good pictures, Kevin. Still, I'm glad that yep. they put it together for the people yep. of Salina. And there were a lot of people that donated on Ken's yes. uh, Facebook yes. page. And probably a lot of people, maybe we should have mentioned it sooner, that didn't didn't even know to go there and uh, try to donate. But, I mean, the general public raising $6,500, that's yep. not bad. No, it was great. So a lot of people uh, got to got to donate that, that haven't done it in the past, and, and hopefully that continues. And the more money we, we raise, the, the bigger and better the show we can, we can do. So... Hey, if you won on a, on a lottery ticket and you won a hundred grand on one of those crossword tickets, would you mail that to Topeka to retrieve your hundred thousand dollars, or would you not? Did you not or hear you our last conversation two weeks ago about the United States Postal Service? No, I'm not mailing it. You're not. No, I'll never see that ticket oh, again. You know, I brought this up. I brought this up just because how important is your vote? <laughs> the uh, the mail-in ballot discussion. This is we, we talked about this on our last podcast, but I heard that this week someone said, uh, "Hey, if you won thirty million dollars on the on the uh, in the lottery, would you mail it over there or would you drive over to the yeah. lottery and get it?" I'm, I'm driving. So, it, it's funny. So to say there that. we go. My uh, there's why my answer my, is I don't like mail-in ballots. My wife's little sister is getting ready to move back to Las Vegas. She does this dance academy thing out there real dancing by the way yeah. not what's probably popping yep. in your head with Vegas <laughs> dancing. but she said you know should i fly home in november so i can vote i don't know if i want to do the mail-in thing and i thought man for a 19 almost 20 year old girl i think she'll t- turn 20 in september for her to think i mean it's that important to her right. to want to vote i i thought uh i would just stay in vegas if i were <laughs> you but well, she may not trust that her vote's going to get turned in. Especially in Las Vegas. Anyway, we talked about that last week, and so uh, that put a new spin on it for me when I heard someone bring that up, what you do with your lottery ticket. And I suppose it depends on how important you think your vote is. Yep. Uh, yep. Well, uh, we'll see. I, I would guess that they're going to have to start making some decisions on that here pretty soon if that's the way they're going to go. So, And, and I haven't had Don at, at Ambux yet, so I haven't had a chance right. to, to pick his brain on it. So. Well, speaking of making decisions, um, we've got Jeff here with us to talk about school, a little bit about school, yep. and a little bit how things might start rolling out here in the next, what, we're about a month yeah. away from month and a half, school yeah. starting. Yep. Um, football, but, but everything's restarting. Let's just get into it. How do you, you want to go with this? Well, let's, let's talk about school first. So, Jeff, just real quick before we start kind of asking some questions and talking about stuff, tell us a little bit about your background from an education standpoint. 
Uh, I graduated from Kansas State, and there were too many student teachers in my class, which is odd because now you can't find teachers. There's a te teacher shortage. And so our professor said, hey, would anybody be willing to go to Salina to student teach? Well, I had my sisters graduated from Salina South. I grew up in Salina until eighth grade, so I said, I'll, I'll go back to Salina. So uh, I came back to Salina and student taught for Ken Stonebreaker, who's the athletic director at South High. And um, after doing that, I taught at Lakewood for three years and coached basketball and football at Central. And then after that, I went to Central for seven years um, and coached girls basketball and then wanted to do leadership. So I went over to Coronado Elementary for two years uh, and was the lead teacher there. And then South Middle the past two years as an assistant principal and then just started um, not too long ago with the uh, Salina Diocese. So, Yeah, my point there was that he has some an extensive background in multiple levels of the educational process, not just as a teacher, not just as an administrator, but a coach and everything else. So we wanted to bring him on because um, one of the things I've talked to a lot of people about uh, when when uh, when Preston was on with us, we talked a lot. At that point, we were just trying to finish the school year out. And so now there's been a little bit of time. You know, obviously, I think you were probably involved in some meetings from the public school side before you made the recent switch. So I've heard a lot of rumors about things like kids going half days and trying to keep the numbers down in the buildings. I think there's maybe four or five plans that at this point have been kind of laid out and they're kind of seeing which one kind of makes sense. What can you share, um, I guess, about what you know and, and have heard? Yeah, and I will, I will say, I mean, Mrs. X-Line and USC 305 have done a really good job of, of keeping people informed and trying to get things organized. And whether it's half days or do we go Monday, Tuesdays, then close on Wednesday so we can clean everything, then bring a different group in Thursday, Fridays. So many situations have been laid out, but nothing's set in stone because we don't know for sure what we're going to hear from the state. So um, the state put together a committee that there's hundreds of teachers and leaders a part of. And then on July 10th, uh, they'll give their document uh, to the hires up, and then that will get released out to uh, the public on July 16th. It'll be kind of our guidance for what we have to do. So I think all of us are, are praying and hoping that we can start school like normal in August, but also with guidelines in place for whether that's temperature checks at the door. Um, so if you haven't bought stock in thermometers, I would probably do <laughs> so. Um, I'm sure everybody bought it in hand sanitizer and whatever else. But, um, but social distance in the classroom, that's really hard. That is difficult. I yeah. mean, in, unless it's at some of the schools that I have now, like Tipton, where there's 14 mm -hmm. kids in the high school, I think we can social distance there just fine. But as far as in our city schools, it's really hard because you've got 20 to 28 kids. You know, some of our PE classes have 38 kids. It's impossible to social distance, um, you know, unless we went to a morning afternoon thing um, or think of passing period, 900 kids in a hallway right. at once. Right. Yep. When you were 14, could you keep your hands off? your buddy i mean you'd go punch him in the arm or, or do something so we've got to figure all that out um, and it's really hard i think i would love to see us get to a point where we don't live in fear of this and we can we can manage through it just sure. like we manage through flu season right you know um i do think hand washing is going to be a part of the day not just when the kids go to the bathroom in between classes it's going to be a hey it's 10 15 and i'm on the blue two team we all go wash our hands, you know, just so that's, we're, we're building some healthy habits, uh, from that, but it's only a matter of time before it happens in a school, right? I mean, yep. it's going, it's going to happen. And so what do we do after that? So I think that's why we have so much stuff in place. I mean, you see it at K state at, at Texas where all these Clemson had what their whole entire team yep. yeah. get it. Um, yep. you know, what do you do? Cause I, none of us want to shut down again. And yeah, I have a six year old and I want him in school as much as possible. You guys want your kids in school and, um, it's it's just not the same doing it from home. Did it, did either of you get a survey today from Survey yes. Monkey and USD three hundred five? I they, did. They did ask questions, and one of them was, "How comfortable are you about sending your kids back?" I'm I'm a hundred percent comfortable. Yeah. Other people may not be. I'm a hundred percent comfortable sending them back. Uh, they're a thousand percent comfortable going back. Yeah. They've been around their friends quite a bit now. I know that the numbers will expand, but uh, but but. It, during the survey monkey, they ask how could we do things different. I think everything that they did was on par of it's the first time we've ever done it, and it seems like it worked out pretty good. I mean, I'm sure the kids didn't get as much schooling as what you would have expected, yep. but what, and but as far as you said, like Miss X line and people like that, they were on top of it every week. Right? We got yeah, the communication was, was great. Communications and the yep. emails and things were great for us. But as far as the whole survey goes. 
I, I mean, I, so I sent a similar survey to the 15 principals of this line of diocese um, to ask them to put it on their social media, send it out to parents, um, along with some background information. But I just have some of the results right here. And so far, um, you know, 241 parents have replied. Now, remember, this is a much smaller, right, it's right. a larger geographical area, but right. smaller, smaller sample population. Size, yeah. But um, 92% of the people so far have said, planning to return their school or wanting to return their child to school for 2021. Um, the rest are yes, somewhat kind of concerned, but there's no, no, definitely not. But, um, the one that you just asked about how concerned are you about your child contracting the coronavirus at school? The category that is very concerned is only at 6%. Right. And then no opinion has seven. So, I mean, I would put, if you don't have an opinion one way or the other, you're probably going to send them anyway. I mean, it's five to percent. Five to six percent of the population is concerned that the uh, sun's burning out this week. Yeah. So there's always going to be people. Who are, I mean, and I, I understand that there's going to be people that are. But for me, very little to no concern. What well, I, I, my kids have, especially in the last couple of weeks, since the numbers and they've been able to get grouped together, I've had twenty kids. You know, I've seen twenty, thirty kids together quite a bit. Uh, baseball yeah. started across the street. You know, the kids, the spikes and all are playing. The the kids. So that age group, the 15, 16-year-olds, I saw 30 of them yep. all hanging out together. So, I mean, they're all ready. And- yep. Yeah, when I filled out the survey, I mean, I was I was critical on one thing. Um, and Kelly and I had a conversation about this because— On if—, what, what, if, if you're, was it, did Mrs. X-Line ask if you're going to have nine people, make sure you split them in six? Oh, no. That <laughs> no, that was not. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't answer nine to start. How big are the tables in the lunchroom Hey, I will always <laughs> walk into a restaurant now and say, all right, before I tell you how many people, <laughs> what rules do I have to follow? No. The, the one thing that, that frustrated me— and and th- this is just a bad situation. I don't think there's any way around it. My daughter, when 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 they started doing the remote learning, literally spent like 30 minutes a day. I understand this was something that the teachers were not prepared for, and they had to come up with whatever they could to try to keep the kids as busy as they could. I get that 100. percent right. Nobody's fault. But I was. I was pretty disappointed that for the last two months, basically, or a month and a half of school, or almost two months, like she literally spent like 20 to 30 minutes a day on school. And so I hope, my personal hope is that whatever plan they come up with, there would be very little, if any, of that remote stuff. Because I know, you know, some teachers that didn't even, they were supposed to check in like once a week or whatever. I mean, Morgan talked about after like the first week, like half our class didn't even show up for those Zoom meetings. I heard right. some of the teachers kind of stopped doing that. I just, I, I know that my daughter is going to be fine. My, I can hold my daughter accountable and I can have her work on stuff. But I know there's a lot of kids that can't do that. Dis- there's just no way they can do sure. that, and they're going to get left way behind if we have to do something. That's like that. where I'm a, get scared of, and it started a long time ago, but just the dumbing down of America. You yeah. just feel like this was a counting to eight to or seven dumbing down <laughs> of America. I mean, when you think about it, like that gap that already is formed between the kids that get it and that love it and that will do it. And they're held accountable at home. They're going to do their work yep. right. probably no matter what, right. you know? Um, and so that gap is just gonna, it's just going to widen and, and, at some point that's going to be our workforce right. as well. Right. I mean, yeah, that's and it, what scares you and you've got to do something to try to engage those kids. I mean, I spent a lot of time making house visits during this time and it does break your heart when you go to a house and there's kid taking care of everybody in his family and, and the internet's pretty spotty and it, it I don't know. It's, it's tough. Yeah. So. You know, the, uh, the colleges are having to worry about this too, how they're going to reopen. And there's a man sort of what we're sitting here saying, but, the uh, president of West Virginia, Gordon G, I think is his name, Gordon G yeah. e or G, yeah. whatever. He, here, I'm gonna. I wrote this down as a quote that he put out today, and this is talking about starting school back for them. And he says, "If it was simply based on science, we would keep everything shut down until we have a vaccine, until it is working." Yep. But I don't feel that that is feasible either economically or socially, and certainly not educationally. We will open, but it will be different. And then he goes on and says, we just need to learn how to manage it in a way that allows life to go on. And yep. I think that's what everybody's trying oh, to say. Is we're going to yeah. have to all get together and figure this thing out. Yep. Um, 
And it's like you said, if you have to just call a group and say, everyone wash your hands, and everybody go this way and wash your hands, and everybody go that way, and we have arrows in the hallways. You know, if you're walking around in Walmart right now, I think there's arrows that tells you to yeah, go this way. And, go that. I, I and maybe that's what we're going to have to do with the kids in the bigger groups. Lecture, you know, big lecture halls, they won't exist. Yeah, the, I think. Particularly this year, they won't exist. I agree that obviously there has to be a vaccine. There's not going to be probably a cure, but a vaccine. That the, the challenge, and I don't want to get too much into the science of this, is, I mean, people have talked about this, it mutating and changing. So it's going to be similar, in my opinion, from what I've heard, to the flu as far as there may be a vaccine around the first of the year or whatever, and it may not be as effective as we would like it. I think that this is a scenario where this is going to be a long period of time before this situation is resolved. So what do you guys do if they say, all right, we think, though, if you get it once, you're good and you're immune. If all of a sudden they say that, give you it, say, to, give me it to me now. I say, I say, let me have yep, it. I don't it. want it. I've give it to diabetes. me now. I'll take it. a week off and <laughs> move on with my life. If it, I mean, if if I can medicate with some chicken noodle soup and some Seven Up, then I'll be good. But I have a feeling it's probably the more than that. the <laughs> most recent cases in Sling County and and most places I've read. The most recent cases I've read in other places. Almost every time it says they are recovering from home. Mm-hmm. These people haven't been hospitalized and haven't been long-term hospitalized like what we were right. scared of to right. begin with. So yep. I think it is treated similar to the flu. Just I, maybe yeah, unless you get a pretty serious flu. case, no. right. It yeah, is, it is young, and it's younger people, too. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a female in her 20s. Uh, right. It is now. Two males in their 30s. Yeah. yeah. But see, I think the thing that... It used to, it when it first started. They kept saying the older population or people that had underlying issues were going to be at most risk. Younger people tend to either be asymptomatic or have a less severe case of it. Now we're starting to see the twenties and thirties, but I think that that's all because there's finally testing available right, too. too. They're not saying it's a th- it's a thirty year old man that's in the hospital with a, you know X Y Z whatever they have to do. They're all at home. So I think that it's a situation where the more testing and Trump, I, I can't get into politics, but <laughs> Trump said this, that the more people that test, the more positive cases. Of course. And that's and absolutely going to be the case. Yeah. So uh, there's people that's probably had it that have had it healed, never knew they had it, yep. and just called it the flu the uh, whole time. Yep. And, and I agree. And I, and I think I know a lot of quite a few people that as you look back in February, March, they it just something didn't seem quite right, probably had that. So to Jeff's question, I'd I'd rather just get it and be done with it. Just if I knew I wouldn't get it again at that point, I could go. I don't have to. I mean, people are still gonna be nervous around you because they maybe haven't had it. So you still have to observe the social distancing, but you don't have to live in fear all the time because you know you're not gonna get it. This again. reminds me when I was a little kid. Chicken pox. Uh, Mom would stick all, one of us got chicken pox. Mom said, You all boys go wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> you all get, let's get it out. Get it, all, get it out. Done out of it here. Once. I would feel bad, Cameron. What if you got it and then all of a sudden we get a table of nine at PF Chang's, but you don't get any part of it? That's not going to happen because you can't do a table of nine at PF Chang's. Maybe you can't, but I bet you <laughs> we would probably talk can't to that hostess to a little bit PF nicer. Ask if they know you. Hey, I, I was nice for probably a while. A pic- your picture's on the wall. Oh, yeah, no, I can't go back to that <laughs> no, one ever again. Banned for, is it just the one or that just one? Well, that's the only one in Kansas, so we're going to find out maybe when here this weekend we're going to Kansas City. I thought, man, it still sounds pretty good, so maybe we'll find out. Well, do you guys have fear of things not starting? Like I have fear of Major League Baseball never starting. I'm, I'm not a big baseball fan, so it does not scare me. But um, I don't think it's going to happen, and not not necessarily because of the virus. I don't think they can come to an agreement, right? I mean, they can't come to agreement. And then I saw a provision today, and this provision is what scared me into thinking, well, it's not going to happen. Uh, one of the provisions, and they and they they're hassling over money, but when you're hassling on, up in the billions and touching on a few hundred th- millions, that's play money for those people, yeah. I suppose. So I, I don't worry about the money hassling part of it. They'll figure that out. But it says, as one of the provisions, that there'd be uh, no legal restrictions on playing in front of fans at the 30 regular season parks. Okay? So you know where they're all at. Um, no relevant travel restrictions and no health or safety risk to player, staff, or spectators to playing in the 30 regular season ballparks. Okay. That means that every state that has a Major League Baseball team in it, that state's got to yeah. agree that it's okay. Correct. Right? Yes. 
I don't know how they're all going to They're not going to. And then you also have to mix in Toronto, well, so whatever they're doing so in Canada. Think about the NBA. I mean, this was a problem with the NBA, and how they fixed it is everybody's playing in the same place. But now they're not. I mean, now well, the players well, kind of right, don't want to, right? right? I mean, right. But that was their – I agree with you 100%, Philip. and you're not going to get everybody to agree. So that's why the NBA said, well, then if we go to one place, have all the players locked down – we can still have a game. We'll still make the TV revenue. Obviously, there's not going to be people in the arena. But we get rid of all of that. What's this state going to do? What's this state going to do? Traveling across state lines because they're all in one location playing in one place. So, And I, then that didn't work out. To answer your question, two weeks ago, I was very confident that sports were going to continue fairly soon. Me too. The NBA had made plans. MLB was still working out, but at that point there was it seemed like it was with Jeff, it seemed like it was more money than anything, and I agree they would figure that out. College football, everybody all the kids are coming back to campus June first. You know, they have their protocols that they have to, to go through and we can get into that. But uh, everything seemed to be kind of starting to get back to normal. Baseball is no further along than they were. No. NBA's talking about backing out of their deal now. And from what I've heard, I would tell you a lot of people that I've listened to podcasts and on TV and stuff about college football who were very optimistic two weeks ago that we were going to have a college football season are now starting to back off of their statements. I think I think the SEC is going to figure something out just because, I don't know, I just think it works different there. But I I don't know, like Pac-12, they, they look for reasons to not play football already, right. it seems like. But, but think, if you're an NBA player – do you want to stay in a hotel for a month? Oh, God, no. I, I don't even like to stay in a hotel longer than seven days. Like, even if it's vacation and I want to be on vacation, a week in a hotel is a long time. So, 30 days, no way. Yeah, I was looking today. So, LSU started coming back to campus, defending national champions. They have over 30 cases on their football team within the first week. K-State, it's been about two weeks or so. They, I think... Obviously, I follow K State a little bit closer than these other schools. I think what they did was they everybody came on campus, then they had to be quarantined for ten days. Nobody was around each other other than your roommates. Couldn't do anything. Didn't work out. Then they started to you know doing all the testing and all that kind of stuff. And then if you were clean, you could go start working out. Well, as soon as they started working out, they have what thirteen or fourteen cases, maybe more than that. Now. Yeah, but like even though they say all right, everybody come to Manhattan, don't do anything. You know, self quarantine, just be with your roommate. You know that doesn't happen. Oh, absolutely. You can't tell a twenty nope. year old come back to Manhattan, but don't go see all your buddies who are also yep. in town. Yep. That's not happening. Yep. Well, what so, scares me about it is the four, you you're on now on a fourteen day pause. Yeah, right? yeah. So, so K State has pause. stopped voluntary workouts for at least what the happens next in fourteen days? days if fourteen more kids come up or six yep. more come up, then you're going to you're getting into the word that there's a that's the fear that so, may not stop. LSU's at thirty, Clemson's at twenty eight. Um, Texas has KU, 13. Texas has no. They're actually higher than that now. I want to. I thought they were like wait, seventeen or eighteen somewhere yeah. around there. KU just had their first case, which means they're going to have some more people test positive. Because right. I remember that first day case they had one or two, and then it just started to blow up. So OU's flying under the radar because they haven't even had kids show up yet, so they haven't reported numbers. So why July is 1st. that? That that's odd to me. I don't know. They they okay. just, they're saying July first. They did say that they had one kid that was in contact with someone that had it, and one kid that right. has had it. So one and one, and they're not. Of course, they're not going to let them kids come back for till they're clear. But because Oklahoma State had the kid that went to the one um, um, protest in Tulsa yeah. and then came back and was positive, so they quarantined him immediately. I think Oklahoma Oklahoma's doing it right. They they figured Oklahoma State's getting all this press right now. They <laughs> yeah, might as well stay just quiet. keep fly, stay yeah, quiet. fly under the radar. We're not going back to practice. Let Gundy do his Gundy stuff, and we'll we'll keep it classy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I you know the the other thing that that's interesting to me is the liability issue in all of this. And we talk about people getting sick. But we don't talk about the liability issue of if I send my kid to K-State and I'm told that you're doing X, Y, Z, all this stuff is great, he's not going to get sick. You're going to be, we're going to quarantine, they're going to be fine. And then that kid gets sick and let, let, I don't want to, let's say he dies. Do I have the right to sue K-State because I don't think that they took the proper protocols to protect my son while he was there at K-State? I mean, I think I think this all opens up a whole. And this it is does. my concern with the football season: yep. 
is you open up a stadium uh-huh. and bring all these people together, you know people are going to get it. And hey. unfortunately, some of those people are probably going to die. Like, Whose fault is that? There's a, there's, a, there's a man named Billy Hawkins, a professor in Houston, and he, he, he studies, one of his big studies is college sports and social change. And you know how college athletes have wanted for years to be paid or to, you know, a lot of things that they have demanded over the years. And he said in this, he's hoping with the climate of activism and protest that's going around that athletes will begin to take notice and say, hey, listen, our health is involved. For some of these that are looking to go to the next level, I'm hoping that I will stand and stay. Listen, we're not going to go back to practice until you guarantee our safety. And I think that's what's going to happen. Some of these kids might just say, hey, I'm not playing. I can play in the NFL next year. UCLA players have already – Basically, and it's funny that you made the comment that Pac-12 teams try to not play. UCLA has basically said, we are not going to do any workouts or any football activities until we hire, I don't remember the position that they want to hire, basically like a health like director a health, yeah. type thing, because they don't trust their head coaches well, looking like out for their best Chip interest. Kelly under the bus on that. Uh, sure. I think I mean, they went and like they kind of came back together and said we probably shouldn't have went to social media. Or I mean, well, it, did, they, it just it made Chip Kelly look like a bad guy, which I don't think he is that bad of a guy. Mm, but, but who knows? We could argue that on another podcast. <laughs> I, just, I mean, just think a head coach just wears so many hats he and does. now you put this on and say sometimes and shirts have, yeah. so many shirts now you've got to be a health expert like i mean it's tough well that, yeah. that's a great segue into our next <laughs> topic and that wasn't even planned to be honest with you but you make you made a comment about head coaches having a lot of re- wearing a lot of hats and having a lot of different responsibilities so as as i was talking to jeff about some things we could talk about one of the things that was interesting that was on his list of things was talking about kind of the role of a head coach with some of these younger kids obviously we're, we're going to talk about um you know high school and and down we're not we're not going to talk about pro athletes and head right. coaches and that sort of thing. But obviously there was something maybe that kind of triggered your your topic or why you wanted to spend a few minutes of uh, talking about that. It, when you texted me yesterday, and it was Father's Day, and like it made me think. I almost wanted to tweet something about Happy Father's Day to all those coaches um, you know that, that helped guide me. I mean, I grew up with a, with a single mom and two older sisters where – you know, it's not like my sisters went out and played a lot of catch with me. They weren't into athletics. And it was, um, you know, getting around sports and getting around my – then meeting new friends through sports and then their dads almost taking on mm-hmm. a, a role model type, uh, you know, role in my life and, and the coaches doing that. And then I fast forward to uh, when I became the head coach at Salina Central, my two references on my resume were Denny Walgren, who was the head basketball coach at South, whose son was my age. So Denny coached me as younger. And then Jim Campion – who was the head coach at Central, whose son was my age. and coach, But those two men took an interest in me when I was 11 years old and continued to have an interest in me that it, it paved my, my life. And I don't think I'd be in this position now to be in superintendent if it wasn't for coaches. Yep. And, and as I was – when I wrote this topic down, I was trying to think about some things. I mean, I've, I've not coached in a school district, but I've – I've coached some baseball teams back when I was younger and I didn't even have any kids playing, didn't even have kids at the time. Um, and then the last six years or so helping out with my daughter's basketball team, soccer teams, mostly softball for the, for the most part. It was interesting as I was thinking about this, and, and I was, I'm kind of the same boat as you. I'm, I'm thinking about on Father's Day, we had just got done playing a, a tournament. So uh, I don't know if sentimental is the right word, but I, I was trying to think of some things. And and one of the things that I really didn't even think about until last night when after you had texted me and we were and we were kind of going back and forth was it's it's girls softball and and there's certain things girls will talk to and act around a, a guy versus a girl. These girls for the most part from an athletic standpoint have always had male coaches um, outside of volleyball. I think it's 100% been male. Softball has always been male. Soccer was male. Basketball was male. So it's been male across the board. As I was sitting thinking about it, and, and it really made me happy to, to, to think about this, but uh, this year, for the first time, I can, I can tell that the girls, not that they didn't trust us before or trust me, I can only speak for myself, but the girls have changed so much that they will now come talk to me about things that they would have never talked to me about. 
it's a good feeling to be in that role model. And, and we have 10 girls on our team this year, and I love every one of them like my daughter, plus one that we had for a long time. She's not playing with us this year. Um, but I just saw – I keep in touch with her. just saw her a couple weekends ago. It, it's a really cool bonding experience that you don't – I almost take for granted, if you will, because you see them all the time. You're always doing this stuff, and you're telling them to do this, telling them to do that, and it's always athletic focus. But for the first time this year, there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean – we're, we're talking about 13-year-old girls. There's boys. There's girl things going on. <laughs> that uh, and they, they tell you, once they trust you, they tell yeah, you everything. It's and great. They, and they want advice or they want yep. guidance or, or structure. Um, just last night, I had a former player when I was a boys assistant coach. Um, he moved to Salina from Brooklyn, New York because he had a brother running track at Cloud County. And his mom said, let's get you out of New York. We're going to Salina to be closer to your brother. So he comes there and um, plays basketball for me. I'm the freshman, the JV basketball coach at the time at Central. And I think he's probably 26 now, 25. Mm -hmm. But um, he's decided he's going to join the Air Force after he's kind of got a couple degrees, doesn't know what he wants to do. He wants to go to the Air Force. So he, you know, texts me and wants to know if I'll be one of his references and then sends me these long text, like things like that. Like it's just, I don't know, it's pretty awesome that when else would I have connected with a kid from Brooklyn, New York, if it weren't for sports? Yep. Right. Yep. No, I was just thinking about it last night and, and just, uh, the, the relationship that I now have with those girls, um, the interactions that we're having now, I, it's, it's been going on, but I never really thought about it too much. Cause you see them on a softball field. You don't see them for a couple of days. Next time you see them, you're on a softball field again. So it's, you think about it as a softball relationship and our relationship only exists on the softball field till I really sat down last night and thought about it. And it's a pretty cool feeling after I really got to, to thinking about it and and what I'm providing to those girls that I didn't even really realize until right. I sat down and thought about Wait it. Wait till it comes full circle and you're getting invited to their weddings. Oh, I I remember the first time one of the so I mentioned I, I used to coach baseball and uh, this was when Kelly and I were just dating. Morgan was nowhere close to being in the picture, and I remember the first time I saw one of those kids at a bar. After I'm like, felt old, damn, huh? I'm old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, thank you to all the coaches out there because because all three of us have played sports and and definitely have some 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 role models. Um, you know, from from that standpoint, I mean, one guy that I always really looked up to, um, that was a coach of mine here in Salina, was Phil Coleman. Oh, He's so motivational yep, too. Yeah. Yep. Very motivational. Phil, I heard so. you talk. You. Coached some baseball or played for a legendary coach? Yeah, in Oklahoma played for a legendary coach. Uh, where was that at, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin knows. Stillwater? No, no. Yeah, Asher. And I'll tell you, he he was a motivation behind a lot of guys. But he, he coached so long that he coached my mom in high school in the 60s and uh, mid, mid and early 60s all the way through to 2000. So he coached, you know, sons um, – their sons, sons, of sons of sons and, yeah. the, and grandsons, you know, yeah. the first bunch that he went through and, uh, and guys like him, you look back and you think, well, how many guys do you think's called and asked for reference from him over his life? He's influenced thousands of people's lives. He's a great Christian man as well as a, you know, as, as well as a great coach. And so he's just been something else for people all over the years. Um, I, d- I don't have any more. I don't have the kids that play sports, but, I feel like the same thing you're saying with these little girls that I started dancing mm-hmm. and dance, you know, yep. for, um, and ballet and things like that when they were four and five. And now when they're 15 and 16, you feel like, good Lord, I'm part way their dad myself. I feel like I'm one of the few dance dads that goes to all the dance competitions. How, how many you know? glitter shirts do you oh, have? Oh, my goodness. I've talked about this before. Our uh, Yeah. Million dollar our business uniform, idea. Our yeah. uniforms are uh, – more expensive. The whole setup is more I expensive than playing. Sports. My wife's little sister dance, and I don't, I don't know how people keep up with that. That is, Do you far know, this year, most expensive this year's sport. the first year that I've, I've, uh, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm a lake lover. I could live at the lake. I wish that this line was surrounded by a lake because I would stay on the lake. This is the first summer I've got to go because we didn't have dance all year because of coronavirus. It's been the plus of coronavirus yeah <laughs> so we didn't do anything this year with dance and uh and i i think we spent the same going to the lake every weekend as we would have if they'd have been dancing every weekend. but phil so. wants to open up a store 
because these dance uniforms, you buy them, they wear them like once or twice, and, and they then hang they're up done. in a closet right. for yeah. years. So to sell them, put them online, so other dance companies. It's you know, hard can, for me to believe that you couldn't resell them, and why the dance teachers themselves don't say, "I'm buying them all, and I'm going to turn around." And you better sanitize them. You want them carrying yeah. coronavirus <laughs> and get all that stuff done. One here's the thing: there's one coach that uh, I used to play against in high school, Hill City, Kansas. His name's Keith Riley. He's entering his 53rd year as head coach for basketball there. 53rd. That's, that's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. Well, I, can, I can't add that fast. Coach Bowen went from 63 to 2000, and then he went and coached junior college ball for a few years. After that's 47 years, yep. close to 47 years. Uh, did I mention that he won 49 state championships? You've mentioned that a time or two on this podcast. <laughs> so. Why don't well, you get him on the podcast? <laughs> uh, he can't hear that well anymore. <laughs> I don't even know if he knows what technology is. And we've talked about the way that kids get talked to, you know, and some of the demands, yeah. the, maybe even this Gundy thing, some of the demands yeah. that I heard come down was the way that he talked to people. And yeah. I think, my word, he couldn't even live in today's society oh. the way he used to talk to us, telling us to go yeah, after I heard that, mamas we, to get, on the, get off the bus. We won't get on the, we won't get in the Gundy <laughs> thing because we're all actually about out of time here. But uh, – uh, the first thing I thought of when I heard about all that Gundy stuff was Bill Snyder would have had a heart attack and oh, died yes. if he had to deal with this right yes. now. Because he's very strict, like Gundy, you know, no earrings, no hats. I don't think he would have had so. dealt with it because he had the respect. And so that's just, I mean, you, if you come to play for him, you probably well, came to play you know for what him. You're getting into you wanted, yeah, you Bill to. Snyder would have not worn an OAN shirt no, that unless is true. it comes in a uh, – Pull over <laughs> purple. <laughs> so. Sold it in purple, maybe. Well, we're at hard to believe, but we're at fifty minutes already. So it's been all it literally feels like we've been sitting here for like twenty minutes and it's been almost an hour. So we have to do our final segment, which we have with every guest. We need to come up with like a jingle for this. So we play the music right before it we start this. But uh everybody's favorite segment that we have, I just quizzed my pants. So we got six questions for our guest. Philip and I are going to answer the second one today. I, I promised every time we did this now that we would answer one of them. We answered the first one a few weeks ago. So we'll answer the second one when we get to that. But uh, So I, I know you've listened to the podcast, so you I believe you're probably familiar with these questions. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Yeah. Okay. If you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? This one has changed for me over the years. I guess I don't have to give you a ton of explanations, but now high on my list is Steve Kerr. I just, I don't know. I've listened to some of his podcasts. I, I don't know. He just gets it. Just, you know, grew up as a kid at UCLA. His dad was professor there. Yep. Then his dad um, goes over and is a president in the Middle East. Um, I just think Steve Kerr has such a worldview um, that he would just be fun to sit down with. So um, next one is Dave Grohl, lead singer of the Foo, Foo Fighters. Fighters. I. Yep. He just, I don't know. I've seen him a few times. I was always more of a Nirvana guy. <laughs> well, he made them. I was always too, a Ron right? Haggard guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then probably in all this, um, like an Abraham Lincoln. I think a guy yeah. that was able to bring a country together, sit him down, and let's let's hear everything. So. A was, was on you mine, too. Have, you, gonna, you was going to say, so you could go together. Yep. Yeah. Well, we can go together. Well, no, we can't. That's too many people. We'll have to split yeah, up into two know. groups. <laughs> you can't bring any cabinet members. All right, so question number two. You are shipwrecked on an island. Your human needs, such as food and water, are taken care of. What two items would you want to have with you? I thought you two are answering the second we'll, question. No, we'll do it too, but you first. Oh, gosh, yeah, I do thought it. about this. Um, two items or three? Two. If we do two, okay. Um, if you need three, maybe we can make an exception <laughs> for you. And, and we have food and shelter, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> I think I'm selfishly taking a phone. Can I do that? That's on my list too. Okay. <laughs> Assuming there, you know, you can do so much stuff a on a satellite it, phone. You got to be specific because okay. a regular a, cell phone probably wouldn't work. A satellite phone I'm taking. Um, does that have to be an item? Uh, and probably my wife. <laughs> He's gonna get some brownie points for that one. Uh, she doesn't listen. So I'll, I'll do my I'll do my two. I had a satellite phone, so I could call for help with the hope that. If it was not a fun island, I could call for help and be rescued fairly quickly and a comfortable bed because I got to get my sleep. You don't want to be around me if I don't get my sleep. Hmm. Well, two items. I would take my wife as well and a boat. 
<laughs> I, the boat's a good one. Kelly, you would have been my third choice. <laughs> I would have taken you, too, if I could have three. We'll just go back to the island. You know, there are some night. islands you don't want to be on. There's still an island that's pretty much undiscovered by the Western world, yeah. I guess. That like has I mean, indigenous people that would like eat you if yeah. you got there. Yeah. 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 So don't send me there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I said, it depends on the island. If it's a nice <laughs> tropical island, I'd stay there for a while before I called for help. All right. Question number three. What would you pick for a last meal? Oh, I'm going uh, a good prime rib with, I, I love the horseradish sauce. Mm, yes. um, so I've got to have uh, that. And I've never been like a, a starchy person, so I don't even need a baked potato. Just give me like some asparagus and a prime rib and I'm good. Prime rib is either, it's something when you get it, it's either really good or really bad. There's just no like, that's okay. So I worked at this diner in high school on I-70 and Wednesday night we had prime rib and we had this person move back from Denver that had worked at some restaurants there and she moves back to Ellis to be with some sick family. So she's the one that brought this idea of this prime rib night. So in high school, like you wanted to work the day after prime rib night because you got some of the extras. We yeah. usually shave it for some French dip sandwiches, yep. but it was unbelievable. Yep. No, Kelly's mom actually. Uh, Is that where you got the taste yeah. from that diner? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right there. All right. Kelly's mom does a prime rib, but when she and I, I'm a, I love salt. Like I could just eat salt like out of the shaker. I love. Salt. Then you'll be good on some deserted island. So, <laughs> yeah, but Kelly's mom does a prime rib where she gets like like rock salt, almost like the. It's not the stuff that you, you make like ice cream. Crust but it all, right? Yeah, yeah, and you completely crust the whole thing in that and bake it. And then you, when you're done, you literally have to crack the salt shell off of it. But that crust that it makes on that prime rib from that hot salt is one of my favorite things yeah. in the world. Now I'm getting hungry. Did we you, shouldn't have done this at dinner time. Feel the feel the Phil Rosenthal. He yes, does the, his yes. Show Somebody feed around. Phil. Yeah. Somebody feed Phil. He he uh, he crusted. He showed where they were putting that that. Like yeah. you're saying yep. around fish. Fish, yeah. And I said, I, yeah, I had it to fish try too. that one time. Yeah, that's a great show. We should talk about it. I didn't know you watched that. Yeah, I watched watch it all that. the time. So Okay, moving on to question number four. Pepsi or Coke? Uh, none. I This sounds weird. I do not like soda. I'm not a, not a soda. I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick Pepsi because that's what Valerie likes. So we'd have it. We have it at the house, but... I don't know. I maybe it's one of those coaches when I was little said don't drink pop on game day. So I went to never drink a pop, and now I just don't like it. So what would Reed pick? Pop, uh, any pop? He likes Diet Dr Pepper. I, I like Diet. Dr. So Pepper. do you drink tea or do you drink? I, I drink just a lot water? of unsweet tea, and yeah, not because I'm tea. healthy. I mean, look at me. I look like you guys. So we all look the same. <laughs> but I, um, I, I love unsweet tea. I do too. I love. The sun tea. We we just we've set out sun tea for the last uh, yeah. two weeks, and it does taste better. You can't do that reason. in Oklahoma without dumping a pound of sugar in there. <laughs> and we don't do sugar. That's yeah, a funny. I you can't. would think as much as I go to Oklahoma, I'd be used to it. Every time I go to a restaurant, order tea. The sweet tea, sweet or unsweetened. I'm like, oh crap, I forgot I'm in Oklahoma. Because yeah. here we don't. Outside of a couple of places, they don't have sweet tea. You don't. When right. you order tea, you get unsweetened tea. And you get some places you get sweet. No, tea. you do absolutely you in Oklahoma. They tea. default to sweet. If you, I order a tea and I don't specify, I'm probably getting sweet tea. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. So, all right. Question number five: What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Well, I obviously wanted to be an NBA basketball player when I was younger, So, but I know my physical skills will not ever allow me to do that. Um, I think I'd like to be a counselor. I think it'd be fun to, uh, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm a, a helper in general and a peacekeeper, so I think I'd like to be a counselor of some type. Like school? I, anything. Outside of school? I, I think like outside of school would be fun, but mostly with like, Juveniles who are having issues with their family or something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Question number six. If you could only choose one song to play every time you walked into a room for the rest of your life, what would it be? I've had this walk-up conversation multiple times with people, and I feel like my answer always changes. Um, I'd probably go with a WWE theme of some point, like maybe uh, uh, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes 
where they go, he's oh. just a common man. I'm thinking the glass hard. shattering. Oh, Stone, Stone Cold. Cold. Oh, I, that's my all-time favorite. Stone Cold is is my all-time favorite <laughs> WWE I'm, wrestler. I'm with but, you on that one. But I like the uh, the the song of Dusty Rhodes. So it's yeah. to the point where at my nephew's ball game in McPherson on Saturday, the walk-up music they play different WWE entrances, and so six-year-old Reed, he's looking at me going, "That's that's Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak <laughs> Kid, Dad." I'm like. I'm doing something right. Yeah. I, I think. I don't know. He's yeah. got all his teeth now, too, already. So yeah. I don't know if he'll continue to like wrestling or not. That's funny because I've, you know, we're not going to answer this one on this podcast, but I've, I've, as I ask these questions, I kind of think of what my answer would be. And it never, WWE songs never occur to me. But as soon as you said that, that'd be, I could, the, the glass shattering Stone Cold song. Oh, when you that, walk, da 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 That when that glass shatters and he comes down, like, I yeah. don't know. I didn't go into the. Or if you mentioned it, I did, wasn't paying attention at the time. It, you have kids. Then? I, I have yeah, one, one six year old. One six year old, yeah. and he likes WWE. <laughs> oh yeah, like is an understatement. I All think, right. Like I don't know. When I was little, I liked it, but my mom didn't want me to watch it. So you know, you you watch it when she's not around, kind of like you probably did with Beavis and Butthead or whatever else. But and then I stopped watching it when I got yep. to like college because <laughs> nobody else in college watched it, and it's kind of embarrassing to tell people I liked it. But now I'm like, whatever. If he wants to watch this. I song. liked it so much. I was named after it. <laughs> I loved it. My uh, no one in Oklahoma calls me Philip. I'm Dugan. Yeah, and uh, I always and I was, wondered where that was, came from. I was named after uh, Hacksaw Jim Dugan. Huh? Wow. Probably whenever I was about ten years old or something. Me and my brother got in a fight, and I hit him with a two by four. And yeah, and uh, and then people around town goes, "Hey, he's like, remember how Hacksaw Dugan oh, used yeah. to stomp around and swing yep. a two by four? Oh, yep. So they yeah. they start calling me Dugan, and it stuck. I've been Dugan ever since. My huh. nieces and nephews call I never, me Uncle Dugan. I, I mean, I've heard people call you that all the time, and I guess <laughs> I never asked you where it came from. But it's um, funny how you circle back to the two by four because they're not circle back, but bring me to it. Uh, last week, I was talking to one of the principals that I'll be working with, and she's a principal at the elementary school in Hayes, and. She said, you know, first year superintendent, it's probably going to be like first year as principal. She goes, I felt like I was just constantly being hit with two by fours and I never saw him <laughs> hacksaw, got So you. I, I felt like hacksaw. She goes, but now by my fifth year, she's like, I can see the two, two by four coming and I have a plan to get out of the way. And I'm like, man. Yeah. Little does she know all I saw when she said that was hacksaw Jim. Yeah. Hacksaw, Jim oh. All right. Well. I guess that, <laughs> I guess we'll end on that note. So maybe we'll maybe we'll have to bring Jeff back and talk a little more wrestling because yeah, I I was in the same boat when I was a kid. I loved it. Saturday mornings, Hulk Hogan, the Iron Sheik, Andre the Giant. That was my that was my thing on on weekends. And then I quit watching for a little bit. I started watching again around the Stone Cold Rock. Um, I lost it through the whole where Kane and all those great big guys came yeah. in, and it became even more um, acting, I felt yep. like. But people became super more athletic, too, because yep. Hacksaw Jim Dugan could have never spun circles around anybody's back well, or anything if, like they did If now. there's any wrestling fans out there, I don't think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but one of the podcasts I really like to listen to is called Grillin' JR. It's Jim Ross. Some of them, some of his podcasts are very boring, and I just skip them. And you can look at the description and kind of tell if it's going to be a good one or not. Because yeah. sometimes they'll just sit there and watch an old pay per view, and it's somewhat interesting because they'll kind of talk about what was going on at the time, especially kind of behind the scenes with contracts and and why we did this storyline. So it's kind of because he's always been a part of the creative team when he when he's doing the wrestling thing. Um, but then there's some of them that are really good. And then the other one, I would say Stone Cold has one where he just interviews wrestlers. Yeah. And it's really good. Like he just did a three part one with uh, Kevin Nash that was crazy interesting. But so if, if you're in wrestling, I'd tell you to check those two out. They're both very good. There's a you show can learn I, a lot about what happens behind the scenes yeah. on wrestling. I, I don't know if you could find this or not, but I, I've seen it before. Just the whole story on the Von Erics whenever yep. they were wrestling. Yep. And it's a great story, too. And I think only one of them's still alive. And they, yeah. they're not much older than we are. No. Nope. Uh, but lived a partying hard life. I just like it because it, it's so many of those guys fail and fail and fail, mm -hmm. and they stick with it. You know, Stone Cold wasn't Stone Cold. He was a stunning Steve Austin yep. and, and the ringmaster and all these guys. And then finally they find something that The fits gimmick. They and, call it and, the gimmick. And, and it goes. But, you know, to be able to stick with something, you got to – I mean, oh, oh, they're passionate. Well, and Stone Cold talks a lot. I mean, his big thing was the whole Austin 316 thing that was just ad lib, but he tried multiple – phrases if you will before that 
and the, he's oh, I got one here. This one's gonna work. He's talking about one time behind the scenes, him and Jericho were talking about something. He was gonna say this, and he's like, oh, this is gonna catch on tomorrow. This is gonna blow up. Crickets. Like they just try all this stuff, and then you hit that that one finally that that gets you over the top, then uh, you're good to well, go. There's nothing so. better than an American flag and a two-by-four. <laughs> <laughs> I think that should be Dude. on a T-shirt. <laughs> yes. So, Well, that's, uh, that's going to bring us to the end here. Jeff, any, any parting thoughts or words you'd like to, to mention? No, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, I look forward to listening to this when I'm on one of those road trips to Hanover, Colby, and all <laughs> the other guests you guys have on. So uh, thanks for doing what you guys do. Well, congratulations on the new job. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So I know you uh, and I hope upset you a lot of teachers and, and some kids too by doing that. So I think they're they're probably happy, right? Everybody's replaceable. Shout out uh, to Barb and Tipton. I lost my Barb Corpstein. You're gonna have to come talk to <laughs> I'll see my her man the Jeff. And We're going to okay. look for you. My, my daughter. I, I lost my eyes at South Middle School, so now I'm going to have to figure out another way to track her down and figure out what she's doing all day while she's in school. So you're lucky. She's a good one. You don't have to worry about <laughs> no. Her. Philip, you want to mention anything or any, any parting thoughts? Good. I'm still healthy. Still haven't had the yeah. coronavirus. No one in the that we know has of. had it. But I've, you know what? We've stayed together though. So yep. I haven't. Uh, I really haven't had a big bubble of people. So maybe that helps. Oh, well, that concludes episode 18. We'll be back in a couple weeks with the next one. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Philip Project podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.